What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast. I am your host, Connor Duffy. Hope everybody's having a tremendous day. If you need help getting sober or you have somebody in your life that needs help getting sober, you can contact my direct line. It is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So uh, something that's on my mind today that I thought would be an interesting topic is uh, talking about my gambling addiction and how that kind of, um, how that really came about after I got sober, you know, and it's very, it was very sneaky. Uh, You know, looking back, I can really see the red flags, obviously, you know, but when you're in the moment and when you're going through uh, an addiction of any type, it's very sneaky, you know, it's very easy to justify and rationalize your way of thinking. And, um, and you would think after getting sober, and going through an addiction with drugs and, and alcohol that I would have been uh, prepped, or I would have uh, seen the signs coming a lot easier. And even though I obviously did, I did recognize the behaviors the thinking was exactly the same as it was with drugs. Like the way, like I said, the way that I justified my behavior, the way that I rationalized, um, unbelievably sneaky, very, very powerful. Um, cause all of my behaviors, pretty much everything that I did, it was, it was a mirror image of what I was like. Well, I shouldn't say an exact mirror image, but there were a lot of similarities to uh, to when I was using drugs, you know, and impacted so many different areas of my life. It was just uh, an extremely powerful addiction. And I'm kind of giving this as a warning to people that just because you put down the, the drugs and the alcohol, if you really don't get to certain core issues and you're not careful, we can so easily move on to other vices that aren't healthy for us. And um, for me, I've always known that I've had an addictive personality. I mean, that is nothing new to me. When I enjoy something, I want to do it all the time. And, um, you know, I, uh, I just really wasn't, I wasn't prepared for how severe the addiction could was really going to get and man it got really bad you know i honestly i compare it to uh the severity of um my addiction to pills and and eventually heroin i mean it was really just as bad if not worse which is really saying something you know and um honestly my journey with with the gambling now that i look back i could even pinpoint it to uh, before I got sober, you know, when I was in high school, um, I used to gamble quite a bit, actually. Uh, I used to, I used to play dice, you know, I used to play CeeLo. Um, I used to play cards with buddies every now and again, not, not all the time, but we did play cards. Um, I was very interested in the world series of poker. I used to watch that all the time. Um, when I was at parties, you know, I'd play dice and, uh, make money that way. I would do, um, I would do shot for shot with my friends, you know, in in basketball, we would play like, you know, we would play 
horse for for twenty dollars a shot or whatever, and or we just you know uh, play different sports, betting on it. So like betting was always, you know, we'd flip quarters uh, closest to the wall type of deal. So it was always pretty prevalent. Um, but I didn't really see it as a problem, right? Because I had I had way more problems than that. And um, but literally, me and my boys, like some of my boys, we would go hours, legitimately hours, um, betting, you know, hundreds of dollars, and and uh, or or I would play with other uh, dealers who had who had weed or had pills or whatever the case may be, and we would bet on that. And, um, you know, when I look back now, like I said, it's obvious that it was always there, but that was never the main focus for me. You know, I had other stuff going on with my other issues. I was always getting in trouble. I was always into drugs and, and, uh, that never really, never really caught my attention as far as being problematic. So after I got clean, um, I was really, I was, I would say about a year clean and things were going really well, you know, and, um, I was at a, I was at a job that had a lot of younger guys. I was working in this, in this warehouse and, uh, a lot of characters in there, you know, it was a good time. I actually enjoyed this job because I enjoyed a lot of the people that I worked with and, a lot of the guys liked sports, you know, we got along, we, we connected on a lot of different stuff. We would always be talking about sports and, and shit like that. And, um, you know, I got introduced to sports betting, which was something that I never really did as far as with bookies and, and, and things of that nature. So I never really did it in an official way. You know, I'd always bet friends on the Super Bowl and stuff like that, but never, um, never got into bookies or anything like that. And, um, I, matter of fact, I never even played fantasy football, uh, before, before starting at this job, you know? And so I, um, I remember placing my first, my first bet on football and it gave me, it gave me a rush. Like I hadn't really felt before. Um, obviously it's not the same as drugs, as far as the connection between the feeling and the doing because the game is three hours long and um it's just a different it's just a different feel but man i remember the excitement of throughout the game having money on it and it meaning so much more that you know it really it really grabbed me fast and long story short uh i won like my first six bets on football and that was it <laughs> that's all it took uh, i was I won, um, I think I won like $350 or, you know, $400 or something like that in my, in my first week or two. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I love sports. I was always a huge sports guy. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I used to sleep with like a, with like a bat in my glove. You know what I mean? I've always loved baseball and football and, uh, basketball. And even as I got older, hockey. So, I was always a sports junkie. And once I made that connection to wow, I can make money. I can make money while doing this too. It was just, it just made so much sense to me. It was almost like I had that 
aha moment. Like, oh, this is what <laughs> this is what I can do. Or wow, I didn't even know that this was it was like a revelation to me. It just made so much sense. And um it should have been a huge warning sign the following week, after I won the first week. The following week, I lost three times the amount that I won. So I think I won like, like I said, it was like three hundred to four hundred dollars, something like that. And the following week, I lost nine hundred. <laughs> Literally within, and I wasn't making a lot of money at this point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my my checks were not anything crazy. You know, I was making I don't know five hundred, maybe six hundred and change a week. You know what I mean? And I had no business losing 900 fucking dollars, you know, I was living on my own. I was paying my own bills. Like, listen, this was a, a definitely a big amount of money for me. And, um, and then the following week after that, I lost 900 again. So three weeks into my betting career, I got the first taste where I was, I felt amazing because I won some money and, uh, and that hooked me. And then the next two weeks, I lost 900 back to back. So you would think a normal person, this would be enough of a wake up call. And it was not, you know, uh, I basically did not stop gambling at all for the next five, five years straight, other than, you know, brief, brief instances of breaks here and there, maybe, a, maybe a month or two break here, maybe a week there. Um, little bits and pieces when I was really financially strapped, but, uh, I basically did not stop from there on out and it didn't stop there either because then I picked up the cards. Um, not too long after that, you know, me and my friends in, in AA, actually like a bunch of my buddies and in the meetings, we would get together and we played some poker, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with having a good time with your friends and playing some cards and, having a good time and bonding with your friends and staying out late and, and bullshit. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's okay. Like that's what recovery, you're supposed to have fun. You know, you can't just, you can't just, uh, it's not about staying away from all things that are possible vices, but obviously looking back with my personality, uh, this was not the best idea for me. And, um, you know, it started small when I was, like I said, playing with my friends and, and um, it, it was manageable, you know. I would go over the weekends. I'd go maybe on a Friday night. I'd stay out late, you know. I'd come home at 3 in the morning, whatever the case may be, and, and it was fun. But, um, you know, over the years, I I started going to the casinos more. Actually, actually, you know what? The first time I ever went to play cards um, at a casino, this should have been a red flag off the bat. I really wanted to play cards and, and me and my friends, we weren't, we didn't have anything set up <clears throat> this weekend, um, to play. And I really wanted to, and I called Mohegan Sun. <laughs> this is how, this is how inexperienced that was. I had no freaking clue. I called Mohegan Sun, to, which was, which was two hours, even more, two and a half hours from where I was living at the time. And I was just calling to make sure that they were open. And this was like already, you know, eight at night and I was far away. 
And they said, yeah, we're a casino. Like, you know, we're, we're 24 hours. What do you mean, are we open? I said, all right. I just wanted to make sure if I was going to drive, that I was, <laughs> was going to have something, something to play. So I went there, and I drove through a freaking snowstorm. It was snowing, um, and not a little bit. I mean, it was really coming down. And this was a two-and-a-half-hour drive that ended up tacking on another hour, hour and a half. So my first trip to a casino – uh, was basically a four-hour trek to get there because I was so committed to playing, you know. And uh, I lost my shirt. <laughs> I, I don't mean literally. I, I mean I lost all the money I had and then some that, that I went with, and then I pulled more money out when I was there. And, um, you know, that, that ride home of uh, – That like drive home, when you go home from a long night of playing cards and you're losing your money and you're feeling like you're almost coming off a coke bender and you have to drive another two, two and a half hours to get home, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. And I didn't even know it yet, but that drive would become so familiar to me so often that if I knew what I was in for, I probably would have stopped right then and there. But see, the thing about gambling is that there's always this chance to win. That's what gets you coming back. And I always felt like not, like I never drove to play cards or I never, you know, but before I put in a bet, I never thought I'm going to lose this bet. I always thought it was going to be, I'm going to get paid tonight. You know, this could be the one, <laughs> you know, whatever bullshit I would tell myself, this is going to be the chance that I make my money back or that I come back with, with 3000 or 5,000 or 10 and you get driven, you get separated so far from reality because there, the, there's a mountain of evidence. There was a mountain of evidence for me that every time I was gambling, there was so much unmanageability. Rarely did I win. Because I couldn't get up from the table. I could not leave. Like so many times I would tell myself, all right, get up. You know, this is the last time. This is the last hand or this is the last bet of the night. And I just could not. I like I could not leave. I felt like I was always going to be missing something or oh, what if I what if I what if I lose out on winning, uh, you know, a lot more money over the next couple hands. You know, let me just stick out for another couple hands. It's exactly the same thing when we say, well, let me just get a couple more pills. That's it. I'll be done after a few more pills. And then the next day you wake up and you do the same thing over and over again. It's the same thing with the gambling, man. Like, I, there would be times where I would be yelling in my head, dude, get up. Go home. You've got to go home. It's, it's fucking, it's six in the morning. And you got to get back, you know, like you got to go home. You, you should be going to sleep. And I just could not do it. I remember there were times when I was in the casino where literally I would be there for 24 hours straight. I'll never forget it. One time I was in, I was at Mohican Sun and, um, and I had only planned on going there for, for, you know, six hours. Oh, I'm only going to go for six, seven hours. And it never happened ever. Um, and I ended up being there for 30 straight hours. And I remember 
the, the next morning, like the day I arrived on, I mean, we'll just for shits and giggles, we'll call it a Thursday, Thursday morning. I got there. I remember it was Friday morning, you know, 24 hours later and people were coming in the next day that I recognized from the day before. And I was like, Oh my God, like, wait, didn't that guy leave like just a few hours ago? And people were recognizing me saying, dude, you're still here. You were here yesterday. Like you were here, you were here last night when I was, when I was here and I went home and slept and <laughs> took a shower and scratched my balls and, <laughs> you know, and like did a, did a whole bunch of stuff and, and you're still here, dude. Like, what are you doing? And, um, you know, things like that happen often where I just could not find a way to, um, I just couldn't find a way to detach from the action. I always needed to be in action. I'd be at the casino or even the spot in the city. You know, I, I, uh, I developed a spot in the city cause it was closer. I know Megan was way too far, you know, it was too much of a distance. So I, I ended up finding a few poker spots in the city and, um, and that became, that became my new spot. I mean, that's where I would go to. Uh, pretty much every weekend and uh, and then a night or two uh, throughout the week. And it just got to a point where even having just playing cards wasn't enough. I needed to have I needed to have money on the game that was on too. you know, uh, like the cards wasn't enough action. So I needed to have money on the baseball game or the NBA game, even if I didn't know shit about it. You know, I just needed to have action on something. Because it was never enough, ever. I was spending so much of my time consumed by it. I would watch the World Series of Poker. I would watch clips on YouTube or on TV about poker. Or I would um, do research on sports betting while I was while I was at work. And I would think about what bets I was going to make that night. And it just became so insane. Just so cunning and baffling. And... I would talk about it with people a little bit, you know, talk about it with other people who were sports betting. Um, I would always, I would always mention all the times that I won, but I would never mention them about the times that I lost. And I can promise you, I lost way more than I won. And I would go to so many lengths to ignore the fact that I was never going to win my money back. Like I could never accept that. The next day I'd be like, you know what? Today's a new day. I'm going to, I'm going to get my, my money back or, you know what, I'm down a thousand dollars with the bookie this week, but you know what, this is a new week. I'm going to, I'm going to win it back. And then some, and the problem is, is like, rarely did I win because I was never satisfied when I was up. If I was up a thousand, I needed to win two. If I was up 2000, I needed to be up five. If I won five, hell, why not go for 10 this week? And so on and so forth. And when it's a it's a disease of more, that's what addiction is. It's a disease of more. I need more. Nothing is good enough. It's always about more. And that's why you'll never win. And I don't just mean in betting. I just mean with the drugs, with the betting, with whatever it is, eating, sex, whatever the case may be, whatever you're addicted to, there's always going to be a time where, where I need more. This isn't good enough. And as you become used to what you're getting on a normal basis, 
And let's say, so before I even get into that, like, I remember I used to be satisfied when I was first batting with, you know, $25 a game, which is a lot. It's still a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? $25 a game. And then I got used to that. And it wasn't exciting enough. It wasn't enticing enough. The 25 didn't mean as much to me because I was used to it. So I needed to raise that to 50. And then when I got to 50, that was exciting. You know, it was something new. It was another challenge. And then I got used to that. Like, all right, let me throw 75 on the next game. And so on and so forth. And that is why it wasn't towards the end, I, I came to a realization that it was never about the money. For me, it wasn't even about the money. It was about the chase. It almost felt better getting into a massive hole in a debt, you know, $3,000, and then having to find a way to dig out of it. It's almost like I, it was like I was playing a game of how far can I push myself to the boundaries of, of being out of options and then try to pull myself out of it and see how I can do it. It was sick, man. You know, I was going to AA meetings and I remember I would have money on all these baseball games and I wouldn't even hear the meeting. You know, I'd be in my own fucking world worrying about my, my bets. And um, it was just so extremely unmanageable for me. It just got so bad. You know, it ruined it. It, it really impacted. Um, it really impacted relationships in my life. Um whether it be with, you know, an ex-girlfriend definitely impacted our relationship for sure. Cause I wasn't present. I couldn't be present. You know, it was the most important thing to me. And I remember I would say, no, of course not. Like, of course the gambling isn't the most important thing. And I truly believe that because in my heart, I knew that that was the truth, but man, my actions said otherwise, you know, I was constantly consumed by the gambling. I was always lying to my mom or to my family members about what I was doing because they knew about my gambling, you know, and um, I could not be straight up with anybody about what I was doing because if I was, they would have, I would have gotten help a long time ago and I didn't want to get help. It was exciting to me. You know, it was something that I lived for and it was something that um, I really justified because I felt like, you know what, I'm not doing drugs. I'm sober. Fuck it. Like I deserve a little bit of excitement, you know? And, um, I chased that excitement into misery, uh, mis miserably <laughs> into uh misery and despair, man. I really did. I suffered. I suffered big time. And my bottom in my gambling was, was, uh, was just as bad as my bottom in right before I got into recovery. I lost everything. I lost my apartment. I was 25 years old. I couldn't even afford to live in my own apartment anymore because I was so much in debt. I owed everybody and their mother money. I owed, um, I owed two bookies money of like, you know, one, I think I owed seven grand to the other. It was like eight. And then I borrowed so much dough from, from friends and, and, uh, friends and family members. And, um, the, the well was dry. You know what I'm saying? I was like 35 G's in debt. I had credit card debt. Like I said, I lost my apartment. Um, 
you know, soon after uh, me, me and an ex-girlfriend broke up for five years. It wasn't just because of the gambling. There was other things too. But like I said, definitely, definitely played a part. And I was living, I was living with my grandmother again. And uh, I was just at a low, bro. It was really bad. You know, I, I wasn't suicidal necessarily, but I certainly did not want to live. You know, and um, I remember right before I right before I, I had this um, epiphany, if you want to call it that, or this awakening to uh, to really give uh, my recovery from gambling a shot. I, I remember I went on this crazy run where I won like I won like 15 grand in a week and then I won like like 10 or 12 the following week. I mean, I was on a, you know, I was on a tear and granted I was, I was a kid that was making, uh, you know, I was making like $800 a week at this point. So that was huge, substantial money. You know, that, that was, that was big, big money for me. And it was enough to get me out of debt. And I was, I mean, I was, I was pretty much out of debt if I paid everybody off. And, uh, I remember about a month later, just just about a month, maybe six weeks later, I went from being up 27 to down 35. I mean, I was putting like $1,000 a game. I was betting like anywhere from 500 to $1,000 a game when I was making, like I said, 750, 800 a week. It was insane. That's the type of addict I am. I am out of fucking control. I mean, I'm off my rocker. Not only when I'm gambling, when I'm doing drugs, when I'm doing anything that I become over-dependent on and I start to rely on it for my happiness because I got no chill. Like it gets to a crazy place and it gets really, really lonely because people, you can't let people know what you're doing. Because it's so out of control that you'd be in a facility if they knew. And but I thought it was I thought I was managing it. You know, I thought I was gonna figure it out. Because I always did, quote unquote. You know, I always figured it out. That's what I always tell people. People be like, dude, what are you doing, man? I'd say, I'll figure it out. And there was some truth to that. But there but it but it was madness. And I just remember just feeling so uh just feeling so alone and so isolated and feeling like I had no options and I had to face the music because I was in so much debt and uh, and and the money meant nothing to me like it it didn't uh it didn't even mean anything anymore like whether I lost a thousand dollar bet or I won a thousand dollar bet it felt the same like it didn't even mean anything and that's when I was like wow you know I got to do something. I got to do something different. And so um, I remember I went to a retreat that my sponsor in AA didn't even suggest. It. He basically told me, he said, dude, if you don't go to this fucking retreat, you can find a new sponsor because I've had it with you. You know, he knew what I was up to. He didn't know the severity of my gambling either, but nobody did. But um, he said, you need to go to this retreat. And, and uh, you know, it was a spiritual retreat. And he said, you better listen. And you better pay attention because this is it, man. He says, if you don't go, then 
you need something in your life. And if you don't go, then you can find a sponsor. So I said, damn, man. So I said, all right, I'll go. And I promised myself that I wasn't going to bet this weekend. This was going to be my first weekend where I didn't bet. And um, it was from Friday night to, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon, around noontime on, on Sunday. You know, you, we left we left home to go home after lunch on Sunday. And it was Sunday morning. And, you know, I, I had been honest with these with these men. It was like a men's retreat about what I was doing. And honestly, like it was a it was a retreat meant more for like recovery from drugs. That was pretty much what it was, drugs and alcohol and and um, kind of AA based, but but not necessarily, you know. But I was there for my gambling and I needed something really desperately. I needed something to click. And there were a few guys there that really helped me out big time and things were clicking. And I really I knew I needed to. I was finally honest with some people about needing to make some changes. And um, it was Sunday morning. <laughs> and, um, you know, Saturday during the day, I wrote a letter, a goodbye letter to my gambling addiction. And I did some other things. And, you know, it, it was it was really good. But then Sunday morning came around and I was like, you know what? I was like, well, let me just take one more bet. I was like, you know, what? I'll just for, screw it. Like it was the end of the week. Um, I was already down huge money with my bookies, both of them. And I was like, you know, what? let me throw a thousand dollars on this game. I didn't even know. What, I didn't even know what game it was. Like I basically just picked a random under or something like that, like under, uh, under a certain number for a basketball, college basketball game. And, um, and I was about to put in this bet. And for some reason I decided not to, I, I logged out thought about it for like another 10, 15 minutes. I said, fuck it. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to put in this bet, whatever. It'll be my last one. I go, I go to log into this account because everything was online. And I went to log into my account with my bookie and my bookie locked me out of my account. This was within 10 to 15 minutes. Like, you know, it was Sunday. I mean, he had no reason to lock me out. Sure, I was down a lot of money, but uh, but it, whatever, you know, I had been down plenty of money to him before. And he locked me out of my account. I could not get in to place this bet. And I was just, I was amazed. I was like, what the hell is going on? I could not get into my account. And, uh, and I looked <laughs> and I would have won the bet. Uh, not that it meant much because I still owed him a shit ton of money, but that was the last time I, that was the last time I ever tried to place a bet. I, uh, that was my, my, I hadn't placed a bet since. And if I had won that bet, who knows what would have happened? I almost guarantee you I wouldn't have stopped that night or, or the next day. But I was not able to place that bet. And I was on this, like I said, on the spiritual retreat. And I really do believe that that was a sign that um, this is what I needed to be doing. You know, that the, something higher was working for me. Um, when I went home, I, I really, I really did some thinking, you know, and 
got my debt in order. Uh, I, I tallied up everything that I owed and I really didn't want to face it, but I did. And I did a lot of work. And, you know, I, like I said, I owed, oh man, I don't know. It was at least 35 grand, at least to like, you know, 10 different people. I owed my, my two bookies uh, a certain amount. And, and then I owed a lot of money to people that I borrowed from and creditors and all that. It was just a mess, you know, and I really, you know, I knew that for the next, at least the next year, year and a half, I was going to be basically working for free, that the jig was up. Um, I could not get, I could not bet my way out of this one and it wasn't going to happen. And I needed to face the music. It's kind of like when you first get sober and you look at your life for the first time in a long time, you realize how much shit is really going on. Um, and I was going through so much too at that time. It was, there was so much in my life that was unmanageable that it was very painful to, uh, to face. And here I am, you know, I was 25 or was I 26 at this point? No, I was 20, I was 25. Yeah, I was 25 and then, um, I, you know, I couldn't afford my own place. Uh, I was just out of this five-year relationship. I hated my fucking job. I hated my job. I was miserable going to work every day. I owed all this money. Again, living with my grandmother. And um, that was my rock bottom. You know, a lot of other personal things were going on too, man. It was just, uh, I was overweight. I wasn't in shape. And I just felt like shit about myself, man. I was like, man, I, I, you know, life has come to this. I got sober for this. My life is a mess right now. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Which sounds ridiculous, but it's just so true. I just looked at my life for what it was. And I said, man, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to. I said, I'm going to become a new man. I said, this is not, this is no way to live. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to settle for this anymore. And I just looked at all my areas, every single area of my life, my finances, the relationships in my life, not just with other people, but with myself, my personal growth and, and, um, and my career decisions. And I was just looking at everything, my recovery, my, you know, my sobriety. Like, I just went crazy <laughs> with getting to work. I said, I'm not going to settle in life anymore. And I don't ever want to feel like this again. So I really started chopping away at my debt um, big time. Like, literally, like, throwing all my money towards my debt. All of it. And I had a lot of it. Um... I started reading every single night. You know, I got a therapist because I really needed to work on a lot of shit. I started to think about what did I want to do with my life? You know, with my career. Do I want to continue with, with this in this union job? Because, man, everybody's telling me that it's such a good opportunity that I have my career all set. And I was miserable as fuck. I was like, do I really want to do this? Am I about to do this for the rest of my life? No, I knew that wasn't for me. 
you know, just so many of my of the areas of my life, nothing looked good. Um, and it's crazy because within two months, no joke, within two months, I felt so good about the direction I was going in because I was working on myself. I was taking action. I was going to the gym. I was starting to make plans about what type of career I wanted to, to have my own, my own business. I have all this shit written down from two and a half, three years ago about how I was going to become a recovery coach and how I was going to make content and, and how I was going to start doing all these things, you know, um, want to help people and contribute. It's fucking crazy. It is crazy how much I manifested. And I'm not, and I'm not speaking out of ego right now. Like for real, it's not even so much of like what I was doing. I was just so committed to like change and doing better for myself that I was not going to take no for an answer. Like I just had to do it. I had to get financially, um, uh, free as far as out of debt, not financially free, um, um, my, for my retirement, but like just getting out of debt. I just wanted to be free from debt. You know, I surrounded myself with people who were positive and who wanted the best for me. I started buying programs for the money that I, I wasn't spending on anything else. I was buying programs online for self-development and, uh, you know, trying new side hustles and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, going to therapy, going to the gym, um, working on me and, uh, you know, that bottom that I hit in my gambling, it was, it was dark. I mean, it was really bad and it was so bad that I just had no choice, but to, but to fix it. And I couldn't run anymore. I could not gamble myself out of this one. And, um, you know, I'm extremely grateful for that fucked up time period of my life. Because as bad as it was, there are lessons that I'll never, I'll never forget ever. You know, that shaped who I was. Like I was a different man. I wasn't even a man. I was a different, I was a kid. I was a 25 year old boy who was lost. I was straight up lost in the sauce, man. It had taken over my life, but things got so bad that it made me realize that there was so much more. I was like, wait, this addiction, it's just like the drugs. Like, bro, it was a huge wake up call. I was like, what am I doing? This isn't living, man. You're suffering. And uh, I also was going to GA meetings. That was another huge thing. Um, so, you know, when people say that they're really desperate and they're really going through tough times, that's why I always say, man, it really just depends on how are you going to use this time? You know, how are you going to use this as fuel to to put yourself into a better position to become a better man, to become a better woman? Because the circumstances in our lives in our lives can never define our lives. We have to define it. If we're always going to be if your mood and your perspective in life is going to be dependent on what is happening on the outside, you're gonna lose. That's what I learned. That's one of the things I learned here. It's an inside job. No matter what is going on on the outside, we have to stay solid on the inside, you know? It's kind of like the the analogy of the thermometer, the thermometer and the um, and the thermostat. 
when I'm in my active addiction, I'm the thermometer, meaning my mood is going to swing. It's going to go up and down based on, based on outside influences. So for instance, with a thermometer, when the sun goes up, the thermometer is reacting to how hot that sun is or how cool it is outside. That's where the thermometer is going to go. But if you're like the thermostat, it could be it could be 100 degrees outside, but you stay 72. Whatever you set that thermostat to, that's what I'm like. In, that's what I aim to be in recovery. Recovery is about controlling your emotions, setting your thermostat to the degree that you want to be. Not allowing life's outside influences to determine your mood, your emotions, where you are, hot and cold. Because if you live like that, it's going to be really tough for you. And that's how it was for me when I was getting high or when I was gambling. And I can't afford to live like that. You know, I can't afford to submit to that way of living. It's miserable. It's, too, it's, it's, uh, it's not sustainable for me. Because I can't make healthy choices like that. I need balance. I need to be balanced, man. You know, I need to be that even keel. Because uh, when I'm too hot, I'm too cold, my emotions are here and over there. Uh, I don't make smart choices for myself. You know, so um, that's a little bit of my story with the gambling. I mean, I, there's a lot of shit that I'm not really touching on. You know, I'm not touching on everything, but that's basically the brief... Um, Reader's Digest version of my of my gambling story, and I'll, and I'll start making a little bit more content on about because it's interesting and, and there's it's again it's the same stuff it really is. It's uh it's depending on an outside influence to make ourselves happy, and eventually it doesn't work because we need more and more, and it's just uh it's very interesting and it plays a big part of my recovery, you know. So, um, so listen, I hope everybody has a tremendous day. Uh, if you need my assistance, you can reach out to me. Uh, my direct line is 203-917-8862. That is 203-917-8862. I hope you guys have a tremendous day, and I will see you on the next one.